0: Hi, my name is Kevin Vondereau, Chief Lending Officer for Westfield Bank and host of Sharing Knowledge, a video and podcast series that brings you insight in banking from the perspective of business owners, insurance agents, and individuals from all backgrounds. In this episode, we're gonna focus on current economic trends and how to help forecast for 2021. For those who joined us for our last podcast, you may notice that our set is a little different. And as because of the pandemic, we wanna make sure we are putting the proper protocol into place. When everyone arrives, temperatures will be taken, masks will be worn, and social distancing measures will be taken between participants during filming. Thank you for joining us and stay safe. And now I'd like to introduce our guests today for our topic around the economic forecast. First, we have Brian Toma from Freeman, Heine, and Toma Financial Advisors, and John Park, the CEO and founder of Westfield Bank. Thank you both for, for coming today and, and joining us. I'd like to start with you, Brian, to, to give an introduction about yourself, give a little history about yourself and tell, tell us how you got connected with Westfield Bank. Thank you
1: for having me, John. Nice to see you good again see as well. Um, and good to be here with you both socially distanced. <laughs> and we're more than 10 feet apart, which yeah. is nice. Uh, I'm Brian Toma, Freeman Heine Toma Financial Advisors, also known as FHT Advisors. Uh, been with the firm for about 20 years. Um, Managing partner, lead a team of certified financial planners and accredited investment fiduciaries. Uh, We have multiple offices throughout the state. Um, I'm married. Uh, We have two dogs. i become a Zoom guru in 2020, like the rest of us. And uh, I look forward to being with you here today. Uh, My journey with Westfield started in 2017 and uh, has morphed over time where my business loan is with you and you've helped me with that on the financial advisory side as well as um, we've moved our banking to you as well. And it's, it's just been a delight to work with you. So thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you, Brian. John, being our, our, our founder and, and chairman of Westfield Bank, you really had the vision um, to take the bank um, from start to where we are today, which is just, just shy of $2 billion. And, and, and doing that in $2 billion in total assets and doing that in a very short period of time, um, we're about ready to celebrate our, our 20th anniversary next year. Tell us more about that vision and and how you came up with that and and really helped transition the bank from from the start to where we are today
2: well a lot's happened over 20 years so it's exciting to actually see the bank grow and prosper Um, and some of the uh, the secrets of success i would say they're somewhat straightforward but you have to attract a really high caliber of people Um, and we have a great team at westfield you have to have focused strategies Westfield strategies focus a lot on commercial banking and private banking in addition to other services Um, and you got to stick with it Um, Westfield from the beginning focused a lot on the newer technologies and trying to enable mobile banking for many people and that's been very successful for us. So uh, we're excited about our growth. Uh, We look forward to many more years of, um, of great things.
0: Okay, Great. Thank you, John. Now before we begin, and, and today we're going to talk a lot about um, the economy and, and what to look for in 2021. Um, I do want to ask Brian something around wealth management. Uh, a lot of times people think they, they can do their own investments themselves and, and manage their money and build that for retirement. Why is it important to get financial advice and is it is it worth paying for that or the cost that's involved with it? Kevin, thank you for the
1: question uh, and this is one I look forward to on a regular basis. So. You know one common misnomer uh, is that what we do, financial advisors or wealth managers, is that we invest people 's money or we manage their money and by the way, we do that. but what we do or what we should be doing for our clients is so much more. The one thing that we do that I think is vital is that we get people to take action, and that 's not something that you get from a robo advisor or something that um, on a regular basis, that somebody does when they're managing their own money, you know, there's accountability in place, and so we help people to take action. You know, beyond that too, we do help pick, you know, investments, you know, for clients. Uh, we help tax management. So I have a I have a good friend in the business that he constantly says it's not what you make, it's what you get to keep, and that's that's absolutely vital. Uh, behavioral management, it, it's, it's huge. Two thousand to two thousand two, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. You know, 2018, the major market downturn in 2018 that we all probably forgot about by then. And then 2020, you know, what happened in March and April of this year, you know, it wasn't about investment management. What it was really about was showing people perspective and keeping them focused on their goals and listening, right? And so that's where I think we shine. And you also asked about um, the value of advice and is it worth paying for? You know, the people who do it themselves say no, right? Um, I would submit that, you know, beyond that, uh, Vanguard. We've all heard of Vanguard. They're they're the low cost provider, right? Um, Morningstar. We've all heard of. And, and one thing to note is they've done studies on the alpha or the the value of advice that's given by financial advisors, that takes into account tax planning, investment management, asset allocation, risk management, and they found that about three or four percent of a portfolio return can be comprised of the value of advice that's given by an advisor every single year. So while, you know, the behavioral management isn't like a hard cost, you know, I can look back and say, remember when you wanted to get out of the market in 2019 or 2018? And then 2019, we had, it was off, to the, off the charts as far as performance goes, and that was a really big deal to be there for clients and talk with them through, you know, their fears. And And that's one thing from a, a value and advice perspective uh, that there's a return on money.
0: Thank you, Brian. Um, what, let's Let's focus on the economy and what' to expect in, in 2021. Brian, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. Um, what do we need to expect as far as the performance of the market now that we're going to have a new administration in place?
1: So So a good question. There's lots of data around this uh, around this topic. But first and foremost, I know that the election is over. But one thing that has proven to be true for time is to not vote with your portfolio. right? So whatever, whatever thought you have on where the election is going to go or not, or what administration is going to be in or not, it's been proven historical performance just investing through any administration versus with any administration has proven to provide a better track record as far as performance goes. So interestingly enough, you know, with, with Biden getting elected and having a split Congress, um, legislation is going to get more difficult, right? But if you look in the history when we've had a Democratic president with a split Congress, that scenario historically has provided the highest return of any scenario that we've seen. Okay. Now, we haven't had the pandemic. So obviously that's, that's a little wrench into things, you know, uh, but if you look historically, um, this scenario that we're entering into in 2021 has provided the best results historically. So um, it's still too soon to tell, um, but, but we found voting with your portfolio is not the best. Staying true to your goals is the best.
0: Okay, that's, that's great advice. John, now as businesses prepare for 2021, what should they expect under a new administration?
2: Yeah, one thing I'm looking forward to, Kevin, is consistency and stability. So we've gone through four years of um, a leadership style that has been focused predominantly around one person's opinions and whims, and that's created some uncertainty and some uh, um, dysfunction. At times, it feels like whiplash. So, so far, uh, um, incoming President Biden has been doing a nice job attracting talent And the US government is so much larger than one person. So by bringing in hundreds of leaders to run the different agencies of uh, the US government, I think we're gonna see more consistent practice, um, less turnover in the government staff. And I think that'll be favorable for businesses. As we think about the US economy, we're the largest economy in the world. Uh, We have some damaged relationships with our international trading partners. And I think the Biden administration has an opportunity to bring stability and credibility back to the United States uh, from an international standpoint. That would be positive for business. Um, Lots of people talk about um, the concern about raising taxes. Uh, I think Brian was gonna touch on that and that is something that business people uh, worry about. But another thing that's been very expensive and the costs have been escalating is healthcare costs. So although there's been lots of talk of trying to change healthcare, the fact is it's gotten more and more expensive over time and it's a very large expense for businesses. So I'm hoping the new administration will tackle that and bring us uh, some new processes or Uh, abilities to control rising costs.
0: What about interest rates? Um, Are they gonna stay low through 2021? And is there a possibility of them even going lower?
2: Yeah, great question, Kevin. Um, The Federal Reserve Bank has been very accommodating uh, in reaction to the pandemic and this recession. And they've signaled pretty clearly that interest rates are going to stay very low for another three-year period of time. And interest rates are a form of uh, stimulus So from a business perspective, um, that's a very positive factor, so it allows um, their borrowing costs to be lower and expansion costs to be less. Uh, So I think we're going to be in a very favorable interest rate environment. Obviously homeowners can refinance their mortgages uh, and that's been happening as well. Um, So I think we're going to see a continuation of a low interest rate environment. You ask about can they go lower? And uh, there has been some talk about negative interest rates. Some countries around the world do have negative interest rates. I don't see that happening in the United States. Um, They'll probably remain low, but I don't see the risk of negative interest rates here.
0: Okay. And Brian, what, what about taxes? What, what, what do you think the implications are going to be on, on taxes for 2021?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll touch on taxes and then interest rates too. So the interesting thing about taxes is, you know, Obama and Biden in two thousand nine were kind of entering into an administration much like what we're seeing now with the economy. It was a fragile economy, right? And so we've talked about the new tax, uh, the new tax goals of the Biden administration. Uh, I would submit that it's just too fragile right now our economy to increase tax rates where they want them to be, at least in the short term. So. Uh, it's, it's almost the same playbook that we saw in '09 and 2010, is we'd like to raise taxes. Uh, m- maybe now isn't the right time. So I think it's coming. Uh, I think the, uh, the race to get there, I think, is going to be a lot slower than we anticipated. Um, as far as interest rates goes, if, uh, you know, something to read about right now, which uh, if you're interested or if you're having trouble falling asleep on a Friday <laughs> night, you know, read about financial repression. And it's a fascinating story about what happened coming out of and beyond World War II. We were at the same or close to the same debt-to-GDP ratio that we are today. And so we used, I think it's going to be the same playbook by the Fed, where we had interest rates that were low, and we let inflation rise. And it almost is like a hidden tax, and that's going to erode our debt a little bit. So I see that happening two, three years, maybe even beyond that. Okay,
0: good, thank you. One thing we didn't talk about was inflation. John, what what do you foresee inflation looking like in in 2021?
2: Yeah, inflation has been very low and I I see it staying relatively low. Reading a lot of things economically, um, although the US government and governments around the world are increasing the money supply at a very rapid pace, typically that causes inflation, but in this situation it is not. Um, and what's different is we're, we're in an era, it's almost like an industrial revolution but we're in kind of the internet Wi-Fi era where we're getting really significant productivity gains. So we have the benefit of lower energy costs, we have low interest rates, um, we're able to purchase things cheaper mainly because of globalization and we're spreading um, production around the world where labor costs are lower. Um, and we're also, because of the internet, Wi-Fi, connectivity, we're seeing really substantial productivity gains. All of that is keeping a check on inflation and I think that's going to continue for quite a few years to come.
0: Yeah, and, and, and one thing to think about is, is, is when you think about e-commerce, um, that's a, a, a great way to or check and balance for, for pricing. If you wanna know what the price is, just go online and see what it is, and you're gonna get a competitive price. And I think that's gonna be key going in the future to help keep uh, in inflation in check. Um, <clears throat> now, now, Brian, uh, I think a lot of people are gonna talk about a re- the recession, right? Mm-hmm. Um, GDP had some big swings in, in this year. So are we in a recession? Yes, we are
1: essentially coming out of a recession at the moment. Uh, one of the widely accepted definitions of, uh, of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, right? and, and we've seen that. Um, beyond that, really what the definition is, is actually defined by the Bureau of Economic uh, Research. And so when they come out and say it's a recession, then it is a recession. But generally, what I mentioned before is, is kind of true, okay? Um, so are we coming out? Uh, yes. Are we expecting GDP levels to be positive for 2021? Yes. Our research team says, you know, their, their focus is about 4.5. 4. In uh, 2022, 3.8. So if you're talking about GDP in the US, we do see positive numbers in 2021 and 2022. Um, if you're looking at an opportunity, who has the highest GDP prediction um, in 2021? And that's emerging markets. And that's speaking to your e-commerce that you mentioned before, you know, it, with 5G. Um, you know These countries across the world that haven't had access to internet, you know, now that they have access on a regular basis, they're going to spend money. Uh, and they're going to do so. It's going to drive e-commerce up and their GDP up.
0: Yeah. When we talk about the recession, there's been so many talks about what does that recovery look like? Is it going to be a V-shape? Is it going to be a U-shape? Is it going to be a W? Um, there, there's so many different opinions on, on what's gonna happen. John, in, in your, I guess what's your thoughts on, on the recovery and yeah. what will it look like?
2: Yeah, uh, my thought on the recovery is it's going to, we are in the recovery phase and it's bounced back relatively quickly. But I think from here until say getting to a full recovery, it's gonna take longer. So I see the recovery playing out a bit more slowly from here on out uh, and it could, it could continue to gradually trend up uh, through 21 and 22. So you mentioned W and a V-shaped. and um, I kind of subscribe to the theory of a swoosh, which is kind of like the Nike symbol. So economy drops down from the pandemic, kind of bounces back. But instead of a V, it kind of is a gradual over 21 and 22. Um, and it's possible we it's not possible it's likely we're going to see an uneven recovery certain industries are not going to come back quickly or may never come back to the level they were before so you have things like restaurants retail hospitality lodging aerospace uh, their recovery could be much longer um, the u.s economy is showing pretty good strength though we have bounced back but i think you have to look at some of the absolute numbers so the media focuses on uh, percentages, and uh, they'll say, you know, gee, we recovered X percent of jobs and so much GDP. If you look at the net numbers, I like to look at what is the number of Americans employed, um, just in a number. Uh, and currently, we're 10 million jobs less than pre-pandemic, and that's more jobs than were lost during the entire Great Recession. So, so I think my view on the recovery is. As we, how long will it take to get the 10 million jobs back is the the big question. I think it'll take longer than people are thinking.
0: Okay, good. Thank you. Um, What are some some key indicators that you like looking at, Brian, when we're talking about recession, um, especially for for businesses to look at and and prepare for in the future?
1: Yeah, so our research team does a great job. Um, We call it the recession riskometer, okay? And it's updated on a weekly basis, and we're happy to share it. Um, But we look at, you know, 10 key indicators along with uh, we have a social uh, distancing kind of dashboard. I think I showed you that, you know, earlier today. And where we're tracking right now, um, just people who are walking around, um, driving, um, using public transit, uh, restaurant reservations, you know, all of those candidly about 70, 80% of those metrics are down over the last four weeks. Some of them are starting to creep up a little bit this last week. But 70 80% of those social distancing guidelines of what's happening right now are trending downward, OK? Um, on the economic side, we look at manufacturing. We look at same store sales. Uh, we look at unemployment, to John's point. You know, all of those things uh, point to, are we heading towards a recession or not? Um, and our riskometer says right now, we have a moderate risk right now. A few things you know, still on the high side, but mostly you know, we're starting to add jobs, right? Our economy is starting to pick back up. Uh, same store sales, while it's declining over the last four weeks, you know, since March, has gotten a lot better. So, uh, I would, by no means, say that we're out of the woods. Um, and, and, to your point about um, expectations in the future, we need to adjust, you know, our expectations going forward until we get to that 10 million, do- 10, 10 million jobs. Mark. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: No, I, I think it's uh, what you said really resonates. Is is um, we're still in a recession. We haven't fully recovered from it, and 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 we look for a slower recovery. And, and talking with John, more of a, a swoosh look from for the recovery timeline. Um, John, are there any key indicators you look at um, that show that or point in the right direction that we are going to be pulling out of that recession? I know you talked a little bit about unemployment as one of them. Is there any other ones that that business owners yeah. or individuals should be monitoring?
2: So as I mentioned, I like kind of a staticky number. So what is GDP as a number, not a percent? So what is the output? What's the number of people employed? Um, Other things would be the Purchasing Managers Index called the PMI. Uh, When it rises above 50, we're typically in an expansionary environment. um, And we just kind of, we went below, but we're back above 50 right now. Um, So I like to look at that number.
0: John, how important is government stimulus to the economy in 2021?
2: Yeah, it's gonna be critical, Kevin. So to, um, ha- to protect our recovery and keep things stable, we're gonna need an additional form of stimulus, um, which hopefully will be coming around in February. So there's certain industries, obviously, aerospace, plane manufacturing, air travel, um, the cruise industry, and others. Um, and colleges and universities, frankly, are struggling as well as our states and, and many min- municipal budgets. Um, The federal government is the only one who can increase the money supply, basically print new currency. Uh, We don't have that available from the states or the cities. so The federal government is going to have to do another form of stimulus to help bridge the gap when all these other um, uh, businesses and municipalities are running cash cash flow deficits. So uh, I anticipate it will be more narrow where we had the protection earlier in 2020, and it covered just about all businesses. I think this will be more targeted, um, so it won't be widespread across all businesses, but the ones in need uh, are going to need help or we're gonna have some serious setbacks. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, now, with it not being as widespread, do you think the government's gonna need to use the banks again to help push that, that, that funding out?
2: I'd say yes, the the government, like the Small Business Administration, they don't have the staff or the systems to reach out and do millions of uh, loans all at one time, so um, uh, my perspective is they were smart um, harnessing the banking system. Uh, The banks have the operating systems and the staff to do these sorts of things, so I do see it coming through the banks uh, again. Um, and from Westfield Bank's perspective, I think it was a great service to many businesses and, um, and we're definitely gonna participate in it. Okay,
0: great. Good to know, thank you, John. Now, Brian, I think this might be the question that all of the, the, the viewers out there wanna know. Um, when they look to 2021, what advice would you, would you give them for investment opportunities into, into 2021?
1: Yeah, so, so if you're looking for a hot stock tip, this is probably not the spot. Um, but what I would say is you know, entering into 2021, and even it's not too late, is uh, have a plan. You know, ha- set financial goals um, and work with an advisor to help you achieve goal- those goals. Um, I think it's absolutely vital that you build a dream team, whether you're a business owner that I know John's going to speak about, uh, or an individual, you know, have a financial dream team that you build that's uh, you know, with a certified financial planner or credit investment fiduciary. Um, find a CPA that you know and trust. Find an estate planning attorney or a business attorney that you know and trust. And and drive them to work together. They should work together. The more that they work together and agree with a strategy, the better off you know, you're going to be going forward because they're all driving towards a goal. And that goal is the goal that you set for yourself. right? So I think having that dream team is, so, is just so vital. Uh, if you're looking for investment opportunities, uh, as I mentioned earlier, emerging markets tend to be, from a GDP perspective, the ones that are going to grow, um, probably more, you know, than than your developed uh, regions. Um, but having a plan, I think, and sticking to it, I think, is just th- the biggest deal for next year.
0: Yeah, I think what people wanna avoid is timing the market, right? Timing the market's like gambling. At the end of the day, the house is always gonna win. You may get lucky here and there, but again, at the end of the day, the house always wins. So that that's the key is to have a plan and probably stay vigilant to it and stay consistent.
1: I agree, and you know what they say, they say time in the market versus timing the market has been one of the most proven strategies. And if you're talking about strategies too, I'll mention, you know, dollar cost averaging, you know, adding money. You know, if you have a 401k, it's vital that you keep doing that, right? Especially if you think bad times are coming, you're buying low. You know, you're buying all the way down. And that's that's kind of the name of the game. Uh, ensuring that you understand the risk that you should be taking. And, you know, I don't know about, um, for the, I would assume with your business loan department, do you stress test your business loans?
0: Yes, absolutely. Right?
1: Yeah, and of course. And so if, if, if you're doing that, Uh, Shouldn't everyone stress test their portfolio? Uh, We should all know how much drawdown we're able to take to still get to that end goal, right? And so that's absolutely vital for your advisor to push your advisor to do is to stress test, you know, how much risk you should be taking, how much you can take on. And more often than not, people can take less risk to get to where they want to go. And if I say to somebody, would you be more, would you be okay if, if we could be more conservative? and still get to the same place. I've never had somebody say no. You know, Uh, they're always okay with being more conservative. So it's just knowing, you know, what path you're taking and having that advisor to talk with. Okay, great.
0: That's great advice. Uh, As as businesses are approaching 2021, uh, what advice would you give them uh, for for next year?
2: Yeah, a a number of things come to mind, Kevin. So um, I mentioned low interest rates. So I think this is a great opportunity and that rates are probably gonna be low for a while, companies should look at uh, investing in uh, upgrading their equipment and technology to harness some of these productivity gains that I talked about earlier. There's significant opportunities through um, taking advantage of alternative uh, fuels, uh, batteries, um, the internet connectedness of things uh, to get significant productivity gains, and now would be a good time to invest. Uh, On the other side of that, something they should think about that is going to be a hot topic um, being debated in 21 is increasing the federal minimum wage. So it has not been increased since 2009. It's currently at $7.25. And the talk is perhaps increasing it to $15, which is going to cause quite a bit of uh, stress on companies' labor costs. So investing in automation and technology improvements may help offset some of that. Uh, whether that gets passed or not uh, remains to be seen, uh, but not only is there the risk of the federal minimum wage going up to something, um, but it would have a domino effect on uh, on people that are making more than $15 an hour. So, uh, as an example, if somebody in a factory is making $12 an hour and the plant manager, plant foreman's making $16, if you raise the assembly line worker to $15. The foreman's gonna want more than a buck an hour difference. So it's gonna have a ripple effect on companies' labor costs. Um, So that comes to mind. Of course, with the pandemic, the vaccine, there's some uncertainty as to how this will play out. So I would encourage businesses to think about, it's gonna be a bit of an unpredictable year. So keep some cash reserves um, and or the ability to borrow on a line of credit um, so you have some staying power. And lastly, I think it's also an opportunity, if, if you have the financial capability, to think about um, merger and acquisitions, uh, buying other companies, or perhaps uh, changing your shareholder mix, buying out some shareholders, um, and setting your company up for, uh, for the next next decade.
0: Okay, great. Thank you. I want to thank you both for, for stopping by today and, and, and sharing your views and, and thoughts on, on the economy and what to expect in 2021. Um, but before we go, there's there's always one question I like to, to ask our guests as we go for, forward, and that's what, what what's on your watch list? What are, what are those hot topics that you're just kind of following and, and looking out for or that you think would be of interest to the audience? So, John, I'm going to start with you. What, what's on your watch list uh, as you look at everything
2: yeah a couple things come to mind so i would say uh things we're experiencing now is the whole work from home so uh the pandemic has forced us to shift to virtual meetings virtual business travel virtual conferences and i think this is going to have long-term implications it's going to be around from here on out and it's going to have some favorable and some unfavorable unintended consequences so uh some new industries and new Services are probably gonna come forth from this, but uh, it's here to stay, so businesses should be thinking about um, how they can take advantage of that um, uh, in their situation. So another one that comes to mind that's kind of a longer-term trend, but um, there's, there's a movement underway, it'll be going on for quite some time, of shifting towards alternative fuels, use of batteries, electrification of corporate fleets, Um, and less dependency on fossil fuels. Uh, That's going to be a long-term trend, but it has significant implications on how companies uh, produce and uh, distribute their services and their cost structure. So I encourage businesses to think about that, and that's going to be on my watch list.
0: Okay, great. Thank you. Brian, I'm going to ask you the same question. What's on your watch list? So I'm going to
1: steal a few of John's. (laughs) Uh, You know, I think the work from home is obviously, I think gone are the day. Are gone are the days that you know six suits jump on a plane and go to a meeting in Chicago or New York and fly back home and so business spending from a travel perspective I think is gone um, uh, or changed right and we 're going to be investing in technology as john John mentioned to be able to provide that same level of of communication. Um, I think the other thing that we need to talk about and give attention to is the mental aspects or mental health aspects of zooming from home and video conferencing from home and and understanding you know what that does to us and and how do we how do we get through that uh electric vehicles it looks like i'm piggybacking but i mean he's right electric vehicles i think is is a phenomenon to watch um and then the, the other thing too is artificial intelligence we have a massive amount of data coming in and being able to comb through and sort through that data effectively efficiently Cost effectively, right, uh, is I think going to be vital. And so AI is fascinating and terrifying all at the same time, uh, but we have the data. Uh, so companies that are focusing on sorting through that, I think, are going to be great. Um, and then I mentioned emerging markets, you know, with, with what's happening with 5G and connectivity throughout the world, uh, mo- a lot of people have cell phones, but they haven't had access to reliable you know, internet service. So when they get that service, they're going to get on their phone and they're going to spend money. And so e-commerce in the emerging market space, I think, is going to be you know a pretty big deal for the next five to ten years.
0: Those are, all, those are both great thoughts and, and, and ideas when you look at it. Um, I, I like how, how the visions or, 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 or watch list items were, were long-term or, or, or mid-term in, in thinking I guess when I look at things to watch out for, for, for uh, the immediate future, I'm looking more short-term and it's more around government stimulus. Um, we're right in the, in the process of the uh, Paycheck Protection Program and we've gotten through all of the, f- the funding process. We're right now in the middle of the forgiveness process and that's, that's, a, that's a process that's evolved and it's constantly evolving and, and changing. So we have to adapt when, when we get new information and, and new direction on there but then it's that second round of of stimulus. What's that Mm going to look like and and how can we help our our customers in the near future? Because I think that's going to be key uh, for their success in in 2021. So I want to thank you both again for for joining us today. Um, This is the the, the Sharing Knowledge series brought to you by by Westfield Bank. And uh, thank you both. Thank thank you 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 for having me. Sharing Knowledge is brought to you by Westfield Bank. Hosted by Kevin Vondro, Chief Lending Officer. From the imagination and creativity of Chris Van Osdale, Elise Love, Suzanne Favre, Corinne Wilson, a marketing communications strategist at Westfield Bank. Produced, edited, and mixed by Shark and Minnow. Learn more at westfield-bank.com. Sharing knowledge and shedding light on the financial industry to empower financial freedom.
3: The sharing knowledge series of videos, podcast episodes, and articles are for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as legal, tax, financial investment, accounting, or regulatory advice. Opinions expressed in third-party information shared herein do not reflect the opinions of Westfield Bank, Westfield Group, or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. The information shared does not constitute nor is intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any product or service. Testimonials may not be representative of the experience of other customers and are not guarantees of future performance or success. Bank products and services provided by Westfield Bank, member FDIC, an equal opportunity lender. Investment products are not FDIC insured, are not bank guaranteed, may lose value, are not a deposit, are not insured by any federal or state government agency. Westfield Bank does not provide legal advice. Securities and advisory services offered through Satera Advisors, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, a broker-dealer, and registered investment advisor. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Freeman heine and FHT Advisors are registered trade names of Freeman heine LLC, an Ohio limited liability company.